Hey everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode number 401 for May 25th, 2016. I'm Alan Malvatano. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrus. I'm Sebastian Peak. Yes, we have secretly replaced Ryan Shrout with Sebastian Peak, reporting remotely from a basement somewhere. I'm upstairs. Oh, okay. They don't let you upstairs. He's, he's moving on up. You're not real people. Look, she doesn't know yet. The door is closed. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Ryan is not here because he is currently uh, on his way to the North Pole. It looks like I think he's over the North Pole. Santa. Yeah, he's going. He's going to. He's going to bribe Santa. Look, he's made a rainbow. Um, and then he's on his way to what the heck is Incheon? Rick is Rick is Incheon, Republic of South he's Korea. He's going to the airport you fly to every. Is year. that the airport code for Incheon? God, I would look over to the right. No, I see Starting the right, point, Detroit. But, but I was looking on the left at the, what looked like but an airport look at code. the right. Wait, why <laughs> does Detroit you. start with a K? That's not right. Detroit, Metro Wayne County. Oh, it's, 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 it's like Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, Detroit, <laughs> the winner. Oh, that's what it's doing. It's combining two codes together. on the To make stormy weather. <laughs> why did he fly to Kalamazoo and then to Detroit? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a heck of a way to go out of the way for a connecting flight. But um, I don't think he did. He took a long, wrong turn at Albuquerque. Mm, yeah, basically. So he went uh, Cincinnati to Detroit and Detroit to. Anyway. Yep. So uh, yeah, Ryan's on his way to an event to go cover some stuff. Reporting live from somewhere, maybe who knows? Probably um, not. He, I'm sure he will have more to talk about on it. Uh, next week, or maybe even the week after. I, yeah, he's not going to be back next week. He's, he's gone not, yeah. for like 10 days. Yeah, he's, he's gone to like Thursday or Friday or something. What a loser. Well, yep. you know, he's just going to party it up and sing a bunch of karaoke or something. Um, so, everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, weekly PC Perspective podcast. You can email us about your papers. God, that's a long joke. Old joke. Yeah, um, really? At uh, podcast.pcper.com. Uh, you can check out all the show notes and follow all the podcasts at uh, pcpro.com slash podcast. We have RSS feeds. We have a bunch of links there. Um, you know, you can like subscribe to it on iTunes and stuff. Any podcatcher thing you happen to have. Uh, Twitter.com slash pcpro is where we will usually post about the stuff that went up on the site. Or you can just go straight to the site, pcpro.com. Um, or, or make Ryan happy and follow him. Because he retweets stuff from the site, and they'll give him more followers. Uh, that's true. That's true. And he, he also talks. He also uh, talks about dogs and kids on his Twitter. Sports and sports. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's about it. Um, if you want to know when we're about to do live shows, uh, like recently we did that uh, Nvidia stream with Tom Peterson, which was pretty cool, um, or this very podcast right here, uh, we have a mailing list. That's the only thing we send out on it is just a blast to say, hey, we're about to stream on such and such a time and a date. Um, if it's like our really cool or important one coming up, we might give you more than the 10 or 15 minutes heads up. Um, I assume Ryan from the airplane sent out the one for this show. No, I sent it out. Oh, you sent it out. Don't give Ryan credit for things I do. Well, I don't know. He's like, he was in the show notes. So I figured like, you know, from the airplane, he's in the show notes. Or wait, that was you in the show notes. From the no, How can you have internet over oh. the North Pole? Satellites. Because, uh, you know, Santa's... Santa Listen, Santa's got kick-ass Wi-Fi. All right? You think, know that rotor you didn't get for Christmas last year? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's up there. That's where it is. He's using it. In um, fact, he has like a hundred of them all bridged together. Yeah. <laughs> The kids won't need all these. Just like every 10 feet, he's got another access point. Pretty funny. Uh, also, hey, we're on Patreon. It's how we keep like the bills paid and stuff. Yeah, at least some of them. At least some of them, yeah. We stopped paying Ken, so he left. Yeah, Ken left. Uh-huh. That's, that's, that's yeah. why. Yeah. <laughs> Likely story. <laughs> even though he's right here. <laughs> we, even though he left, we still can't get rid of him. Um... No, we just fixed the glitch. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And now he's, he's in... He's not he, getting a paycheck anymore, but, you know. But we don't the have... The rest will just sort itself out. But we don't have a basement here. You know what? Ryan and I never discussed 
What? If I'm getting paid or not for this. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, I think that answers your question. I'm yeah. the wrong guy to do. Yeah. I'm not the guy, so I can't talk about that. Um, Man, Mark I must like you guys a lot. Yeah. Uncomfortable moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, but now that I put it out in the universe, everyone's going to be like, you got to pay Ken, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, Brian's just going to get like a just shitstorm of oh. tweets. As soon as Keep he lands. hope alive, Ken. If you want Ken to be paid, contribute to the Patreon during this podcast. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We won't read you around on air because we no, don't no, have no. access to that. Yeah, I don't have. Just, I can't. Just, I can't read the names on air unless Ryan somehow passes them to me. Just add a note about paying Ken, and then we'll be good. Yeah. Hashtag go. pay Ken on Twitter. Make Ken great again. Whoa. No, okay. no, 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 no. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> Do not make Ken great again. Um, all right, well, I guess let's get to it. Uh, weekend review. First up, Gigabyte X99 PSLI. Oh, we don't have, uh, Mori. Darn. Um, well, this is one of those newer version X99 boards that got, came out with the new Intel CPU launch that's coming and stuff. I don't think this is. Well, it's uh, not. Oh, Okay. It's not ridiculous. I mean, it's got uh, a display port in so that you can use it for Thunderbolt. Okay. It's not something you've seen before oh, too much. Does it, does it have Thunderbolt 3 on it? it? This is, from what I'm reading, this is, that's what that display port uh, in is for, but it's also got like a Type C USB 3.1. So okay, th- this is you a can pretty fake new it that way. Then. Uh, so, how does that work? Do you have to like hook the display port around or does it just built in? It's built into the backplate. That display port there just underneath the USB 3s. Right, right. Yeah, so that's an in. Oh. Oh, okay. I get it. So yep. you, you just need, like, a uh, does it come with a cable, though? Because you need kind of a short cable for that, right? Yeah, I think it comes with a little um, patch cable. So that's cool. Basically, you have your, you know, regular GPU in there, and then you take one of your display ports, and you pass it through the... It's kind of weird that it goes out, then back into yeah. the motherboard, then back out of the... Um. Back out of the Thunderbolt connector. Interesting. But that's what she does. Huh. Did he test that? I don't know if he's got the stuff to test that, actually. No, I don't think he's got the stuff to test I that. I don't think, like, any Thunderbolt 3 devices exist currently. Yeah. I think there might be, like, a couple of external drives, but obviously those won't well, do anything with display output. It's a chicken and the egg thing, then, right? Like, you know, somebody's got to do the thing first, yeah. I suppose. Yeah. Apple hasn't put it on a laptop yet, so... Like, yeah, even that's like. But once so that, so that means they don't make a display that would do it. Yeah, right? like th- they'll make a small subset adapters that everyone else can use. But like until they do that, it seems like they'll be less. Yeah, because they're the only ones that seem to ever support Thunderbolt. Uh, it's got a M.2 on board. I like that they're not doing the vertical M.2 and actually just laying it between yeah. the PCI slots because like we have a couple of the Asus boards here. Even like the newer version of the uh, X99 Pro, so the, the Gen two a little whatever. more erect. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like on the edge of the. I mean, I guess as long as you're never going inside your case for anything, it's just it's where you'd snap the M.2 yeah. SSD in half if you caught it on something and broke the bracket. It's not a lot of boardroom on these things. That's no, true, but not. even the ones that don't have a lot of boardroom usually have like a space between a couple of PCI slots where they could just like that just to be a standard location for it. Um, Oh, extra power. Yep. Extra, extra power. Interesting. Oh, of course. A reinforced shot of, slots. A shot of the uh, reinforced CMOS battery. Next to the reinforced PCI slot. You wouldn't want to shear that battery off. Uh, no. Uh, pretty good uh, Pretty good SATA connectivity there. Notice on that one how close the uh, DIMM slots are to the, P- the top PCIe. One scroll up. Yep. Like, it's that close. So if you've got fancy heat sinks, you don't want a backplate on that GPU. Yeah. That's true. It does have those um, like single-sided dim slots where you only have like the the lever on one side, it looks like. Yep. Yeah. But you still don't. You're right. You don't want any overhang at all. Yeah, and as money shot with a giant cooler, I would say it's actually... The, the cooler is about level with the Vengeance uh, LPX that yep. you put in there. Let's look for the CPU cooler fit. Let's look for the D15 shot. There we go. <laughs> as soon as Mori busts out the... Uh, busts out the D. 
the 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 lawnmower engine sized. That's like a tractor engine. Yeah. Well, I mean, they fit. It seems to fit. Yeah, just barely. Look how but close to the ram. <laughs> those are standard, like Corsair Vengeance modules. Nothing too yeah. fancy, but yeah, yeah. You obviously cannot go no, any those faster. Those are LPX. Those are not standard. Those are low oh, those profile. are the higher ones. Those are the low profile. Ones. Oh, those are low profile. Oh, uh, low okay. profile extreme. Huh. All right. So extreme. So excite. Okay, so I mean, just you know, another X ninety nine board. It will probably have a buy, have to have like a, an update for the uh, new Intel stuff coming out. That we keep hearing all the rumors about the inevitable Intel stuff. The inevitable Intel ex- additional CPUs. What does uh, motherboard cost? I don't know. I gotta find. Oh, there's that cable. Just go to the last it's, page and see. Uh, wait, she was one eighty nine. One if you have mini DisplayPort on your graphics card, and then the other if you have full size DisplayPort. Yep, I like that they included both because my graphics card actually has only mini DisplayPort on it. That could just be a handy little patch cable to have around. To be honest, uh, that is true. Um, but yeah, you're going to spend 250 bucks on this guy. Oh, is it? Okay, that's not too bad. For it's not ridiculous. No, it's middle of the road, really. Yeah. 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 How many M.2 slots does this one have? Just one. Oh no. They have a uh, $20 mail-in rebate. Well, so anything that's like X99, it, chances are it's only going to have a single M.2 because it does not do RAID. Oh. Uh, X99 does not do RST. Well, it so what was that triple uh, do hardware raid. M.2 gigabyte board at the office? You can do software RAID, but you can't boot from it. Yeah. Oh, that's... Oh. Uh, that was yeah, Z170, yep. Sebastian. Yeah, Z170. Uh, oh, was Z170? Okay. Yep. I thought that was X99 for some reason. Nope. Nope. Um, the storage test pad is an X99 board, but I had to use a different, um, who made that board? Gigabyte? 10? Uh, that board? with the... Triple M.2? Yeah, that's a Gigabyte C170 yeah. SOC force, I think. Yep. Yeah, it was, it's a pretty snazzy board. Uh, okay, well. Super. Good enough for that one. Next up. Oh, hey, it's me. Uh, <laughs> hey, there's uh, another uh, repo drive came out. Those things have been coming out for a long time now. Well, but, and then not. And then not for a long time. Uh, and then kind of, it wasn't that long ago the, the uh, 350 came out. That was shortly after, what? No, that was a thing. That was shortly after uh, OCC got bought by Toshiba, and then they remade the repo drive with Toshiba Flash on it. Yeah, but that's been quite a few years. It's been like what a couple? September twenty fourteen, it looks like. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not. Yeah, a couple of years. I know it was shortly after they basically redid their whole everything that they had yeah. with Toshiba Flash because that's where they were getting their Flash, obviously. Um. So it's been a while again, but uh, they decided to come out with another repo drive, and this time it's a lot smaller. M dot two. You can get it uh, M dot two or with an add in card. And it's just like separate SKUs, so it's not a matter of like having to find an adapter card if you need one. You just buy the one with the adapter card that runs twenty dollars more than the equivalent without, um, which is about how much those adapter cards cost. So, um, how coincidental? How coincidental? Yeah. So they're not really they're not gouging on it or anything like that. So that's good. Um, the specs look pretty similar to the specs of a nine fifty Pro. And in some cases, the specs are actually higher. Um, now, of course, we tested that. So let me jump. Wait, to we, what? We, we tested the performance? We just didn't go off the specs? Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we test stuff. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Uh, so actually, here. Here's the drive, and I... Sorry for the horrible-looking lighting in the picture, but this was one of those things where the sticker filled in all the gaps on the uh, lettering. Of the parts, so when you peel the sticker off, um, everything is just like all black. <laughs> you can't read anything. Anyway, until you flash it, uh, until you hit it with like a flashlight at a really weird angle. Um, so I read all these part numbers off all these chips and did some googling around, and it turns out that this is basically what looks to be the same all the way down to the PCB layout um, of the uh, Toshiba. I believe it's an XG three. <laughs> 
might be saying yep XG3. yeah when you said that the other day in the chat i had already i had read that morning an article on i think computer base in germany that said exactly the same thing it was oh. like this is the xg3 rebranded yeah um and i i think it looks the same performance wise although i didn't want to like match every single benchmark that in this case the ssd review did but I uh, borrowed their shot of uh, their Addo run, and I just replicated what they did with their settings on our testbed. And those Addo runs look pretty much like a mirror image of each other. Um, kind of like a certain Western Digital uh, external hard drive and a certain uh, <laughs> HE8 drive <laughs> from a little while back. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Um, yeah. Yeah. So... With that out of the way, we got to testing because we hadn't tested an XG3 because um, I'm not sure if we had a laptop come through here that had it in it. Uh, we just didn't happen to that, remove it and test it. That's that's like a what I've never seen a Toshiba like I've never seen one of those in a laptop before. Like that's that's, that's where SSD review got theirs. It was came in the Dell something or another. Yeah, you know, it was in some laptop. And I mean, we've tested stuff that same way. I think we tested uh, one of the Samsung like SM951 or something. Yeah, just happened to come in. Like that's a, that's you know, how we got the original SM ninety fifty one. Yep, we're like, hey, it's in this laptop. Um, so going through testing, uh, sequentials looked pretty good. There were some inconsistencies during, um, sequential writes specifically, and it didn't. It kind of didn't agree with HD tune. Um, I'm kind of trying to get away from all of these, just like off the shelf tests, and replace everything with my own. But I'm not there yet. Um. So for now, I kind of have to deal with, well, you know, if this drive works funky with this test, well, I'll just note that it didn't look, you know, perfect. Um, so that way, if anybody runs the test themselves, then they can go, hey, it's doing this. And if they look at our review, then, you know, they'll see they're like uh, they did the same thing as them. Um, all right. File copy test. So file creations, pretty good speeds. Um, nothing really bad like what happened with... Uh, I'll just say it here, like the previous two OCZ releases. So I was happy to see an SSD not like just stalling for several seconds at a time. That was pretty good. Um, so as a result, speeds were pretty good. Uh, file copy test, also pretty fast. Um, you know, everything looked pretty in line with like a 950 Pro or even a uh, Intel SSD 750. Um, let me skip to... Next up, uh, so the iometer stuff. Here we started to see some weirdness. Um, now, the way that we did this test, this is the old iometer tests, which are kind of being phased out and replaced with the latency percentile stuff. But for now, they still kind of have their purpose. Because if you see that white line there, which is the RD400, um, it just takes like a nosedive at QDEV128, and then it comes right back up. And then if you look at another one of these charts, well, this one is a web server, which is nothing but reads. So if I go back to another one that has some writes in it, oh, this one just uh, took a dip at QDEP64 out of nowhere uh, and then came back up. And then here's another one. Took a dip at oh. QDEP4 and QDEP64. Now, uh, upon further testing, if I redid this test, the dips would just be in different places. So then I started to look into things a little bit further and say, hey, what's going on here? Why is this thing, you know, just intermittently slowing down? Um, again, not as bad as the, uh, previous two it's releases. because the gerbils running in their wheel uh, just need a water break. Kinda. Okay, so here is the culprit. Oh. So, down here, if you look at the, uh, just what Task Manager showed while, while doing this test, uh, writes are going at decent speed, kind of just toggling up and down just a slight bit, and then it just takes a nosedive down to, like, 100 meg per second. And then goes back up for another about 10 seconds. And then takes another dip. And this happened regardless of how much or how hard you were writing, but it got worse as you put more load on the drive, as you can see in the latency percentile stuff here. So you can see up to about like somewhere around 63% or so of all of the IOs were reasonably quick. They were actually uh, quick or faster than a 950 Pro, as a matter of fact. Um, however, the rest of those IOs we're all the way over here in the 10 to 100 millisecond range, which is actually like a little worse than what a hard drive would look like if it was on this plot, which is not good, right? Um, it, it probably wouldn't be that noticeable since 
it doesn't slow down to a complete halt like the other drives, the previous drives did. Um, so obviously Toshiba's doing something with that firmware on that on that controller to try to make this a little bit better. But there still seems to be some kind of an issue they need to work out. Um, and if you wanted to compare that to what a 950 Pro looks like, that's this guy right here. And it, you know, it still does have like what's called a tail latency to it. But it does its best to get the least amount of those IOs to be slow, right? So it's it's definitely uh, brings itself up to that 10 millisecond mark pretty quickly. Um, and of course, if you're doing QDEPTH 1, which Samsung just loves, is uh, their QDEPTH 1 performance, that's basically a vertical line, straight up to damn near 100%. Um, which means that as long as you're not loading it that much, it's just going to fly, basically. Everything is going to be as fast as possible. And if you go back to the uh, to the RD400, even at QDEPTH 1, it still had uh, like about 8% of its IOs going all the way out to that hard drive speed area. So just something, something up with that firmware. Maybe they're doing some kind of flash management that's just like taking its time. Because if you notice like that, that where that shelf is there, it just, it's like decoupled with how much load you have on it. Right? Like the load kind of shifts the latency uh, over to the right as it should but then it just has this shelf and it goes all the way over to like around 60 milliseconds it's just weird anyway um, latency present all stuff like we revamped a whole bunch of it I did uh, detailed plots for like every single SSD in the comparison here um, so you can look at other cool SSDs like what an Intel um, SD750 looks like on latency, which is actually even better than uh, 950 Pro uh, when it comes to writes. And you can see the bad example of an SSD, which is the Plexter M6E. And it doesn't matter what QDEF you're writing to it. It's just kind of like, yep, it, some of the IOs are fast, like maybe 10% of them or so. And then like 90% of them are hard drive speed or slower. In this case, it, you got about 20% of those uh, IO or twenty percent of the time taken by latencies that are in the one second range, um, which is worse. That's than, bad. Yeah, that's worse than hard drives. Um, that's that's really bad. So My SSDs got lag. Yeah, um, and I'm gonna skip to the thing that's different about this testing this time. Just worth noting is uh, this is what this plot used to look like with the way that we used to make these plots and I redid them because if you had an SSD that say it did like a million IOPS but like five IOs out of the million were like one second long well the weighting that the way the weighting used to be in in these tables used to work the same way that the industry does the weighting on any kind of latency specs um, or like quality of service specs it's always like a percent of all the IOs like it's weighted by IO well, if five of them are really dog slow out of a million, you're just not even going to see the five on a plot. So uh, all of the data from this review like, is sitting there on this plot. Here, Ken, switch to it real quick. It's on a plot here. You can see everything's kind of looks... I, these actually look pretty good. Um, and if you go over here to the other plot, this one is weighted by the time those IOs took as opposed to the IOs like individually weighted. So if you have an SSD that takes 20 seconds out of a hundred seconds, like doing really, you know, slow IOs, it'll show as 20% on that plot. Whereas 20% of really slow IOs is actually only like a fraction of a percent of the IOs themselves on an SSD. So just uh, interesting giggy ways for me to manipulate data and try to come up with like, you know, showing why these things are slow and how and whatnot. Anyway, um, getting on to the uh, final stuff here. So performance, despite like the intermittent slowdown thing, as long as you don't load this down with heavy writes, uh, it's you're, you're not going to see that because if you go through the review and you look at the latency percentiles for anything that had to do with reads, regardless of how heavy those were, it looked basically like a 950 Pro. Um so it's it's kind of Achilles heel is like the right stuff, like heavy writing. Why'd you buy a PCIe SSD to do heavy writing? Well, I mean, some people honestly don't. 
right? They're just they're just building a gaming system. They're probably not gonna like the only time they're writing to it really is like when they have a Steam download going. Then they should probably buy a SATA SSD. Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's the thing though. Uh, OCC does kind of have an edge on Samsung right now in that this is the first M.2 NVMe SSD that's in one terabyte capacity shipping. Samsung's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, Samsung's 950 Pro is not shipping uh, in a one terabyte capacity yet, even though they've been talking about it for a year now. Um, their shift to 48 layer VNAND is supposed to let them be able to package and ship one. They just, for whatever reason, are not doing it yet. Um, so maybe this will give Samsung a kick in the butt, and then they'll have to start shipping theirs. Um, but until then, uh, the pricing comes in for the 256 and the 512 gig. Um, I checked this uh, yesterday, and it was like 8 to $10 cheaper than a 950 Pro of the same capacity. So 190 bucks for 256 gig, 330 bucks for half a terabyte with the add-in card, and you can knock 20 bucks off of those um, if you don't want the add-in card. The one thing I saw also that I didn't like was that if you look at the cost per gig, uh, as you get up to one terabyte, it's like they know they're the only guy shipping one terabyte, and they're taking advantage of it. So this is the first time in a while I've seen like the higher capacity or the highest capacity of something go back up in cost per gig. Lately, everything is just kind of leveled out, right? Like once you get to the high end, it's like the same cost per gig or maybe like a cent or two higher. So they jump up to uh, 760 bucks for their one terabyte. Uh, you could save 20 bucks again, make it 740, but that's still 72 cents a gig, um, which is pretty high. But 61 cents a gig for the half a terabyte doesn't look that bad if you absolutely want M.2, but Ken's right, though. Um, as far as the SATA SSD, because even the SATA SSD write results, you might not be writing at, like, a gig per second or more. Um, however, the uh, 850 Pro, of which there is results in the latency percentile on the review, uh, its latency percentile plots looked, like, amazing. Like, that thing, it was just, like, the, almost the best-case scenario. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, the minimal number of IOs possible were taking any amount of time. Like, it was just, like, everything go as fast as possible with that drive. Yeah. So, it, it almost seemed, it almost made, like, M.2 stuff look like it still needed to catch up. <laughs> even the 950 Pro didn't yeah. look as good as the 850 Evo in those plots. But you have to remember that 850 Evo was, of course, going slower, right? So it's kind of easier if you don't have to go super, super fast to, to make things less latent. And I right? think I saw this week they announced the 500 gig SSD 750, the uh, Samsung 750. They did. That like just came out. Uh, they just sent me the news on that, actually. I got to write that up. But hey. I think it was yeah. this morning they announced that. I, I think it might have been. It was pretty recent. I remember emailing the back. I'm like, um, not yet. I'll post on it soon. Um. Usually they give us more heads up on that, but they didn't. I didn't get the blast until like it was announced. So, so plenty uh, of options in the SSD space. That's good, true. Good to see more NVMe drives, more M.2 NVMe drives. We're getting a little tired just seeing Samsung. Uh, that's true. Also, Samsung needs competition. Yeah, exactly. Right. This price is pretty good. Yeah, the price is pretty good. Remember, remember it's similar to the 950 Pro. Yeah, it's like yeah. fifty dollars less because those are selling for about one seventy, one eighty right now. Wait for the two fifty six. Did you say it was, dude? It was like ten dollars difference. Oh, I thought it was like one twenty for the two fifty six. I don't know. You might want to double check because it was like, it was like they're very close. Okay. And, uh, yep. Anyway. Uh, next. What do we got? News. News. In win three hundred three mid tower. Wait a minute, three hundred three. Is this like a variant of something they already had? Because it sounds familiar. They have similar... Like uh, This is new. It's a new enclosure. Uh, it's similar to... I want to say it was like the 809. There was oh, something okay. last year or the year before. We saw it at uh, CES. This idea of a very simple enclosure that's more affordable and has tempered glass side panel. And this has very understated lighting on the front of it. It's got an LED, but it's like one color... And it's very soft. They I mean, have a, a, I mean an LCD a for it, an LED, like a, a light, a backlight. It's not oh. RGB. What is this name for it? I gotta look this up. It was kind of funny. Well, it almost it's, looks like that's a screen. Is that a screen, or is that just the thing that says Inwin? 
It's it's just the thing that says in one. There's a light behind it. They call it radiant luminosity. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Japanese RPG on like the 3DS. <laughs> The okay. InWin logo is highlighted neon as well as the lucent stripped IO front panel. These gorgeous LEDs also have the purpose of indicating when the PC is activated. Oh, so apparently okay. all the front IO has like a little light around it, which is cool. If it's a really soft glow that would help you find stuff in a dark room, but you can kinda I think you can kinda it's controllable pick that out. too. Yeah, you can kinda pick that out. It's like there's a there's like a plastic diffuser yeah. kind of between the ports and the and the front of the case. And they give you the option when you order this of uh, getting a, a closed panel that has thumb screws that's aluminum, I think, or tempered glass. But the tempered glass one, I have to, I, I want to see this case in person. I I want to get them to send one for review because the glass side panel requires absolutely no tools. Apparently, there's just like a handle that huh. disengages it, and then the whole thing just comes off. Like it's Ooh. magnetic or something? It might be. It's either that or some sort of a lever that pulls it away. That's- My only concern is kids. I don't. I don't have kids. Yeah, well, I know, I know, I know. But like, it, well, I don't have kids in my house either. But like, you know, there's far people that are gamers that have kids. Nah. So it's like, mm. how, just how would they have time to play video games if they have children? Well, they just ignore them. <laughs> oh, okay. The, the thing about this case, though, that I I need to look again tonight because they had not yet. I don't know. It's not till the twenty seventh. I think there's no pricing, or there wasn't any pricing when I posted this. And they're making this out of steel, and the the last sort of affordable high end case they came out with was around one eighty. So I I'm hoping this is going to be somewhere around a hundred bucks. If it hits that target, this could be a really attractive competitor to some of those kind of like affordable luxury cases, like the uh, the beginnings of the Corsair, like Obsidian line, or some of the other higher end cases out there. But it was it would be easily the most affordable, nice in win case. But we shall see. But I don't know. It looks nice. I think uh, pricing will probably come out just you know around Computex or just after. So sort of a pre-announcement. All right, cool. Uh, what do we got up next? We got uh, eggs, bacon. Oh, Nvidia drivers. Drivers. Uh, so let's see. NVIDIA drivers. Uh, uh, Scott talked about this. Uh, he brought it up specifically and posted about it because uh, you can't use this new NVIDIA driver or newer on which version of Windows? Vista. Vista. Oh, Vista. Okay. Well, <laughs> then that's not, you know. Yeah, if you're still on Vista and you're using like a brand new NVIDIA GPU. You've got problems. Yeah, you've you, got you're, a lot of problems. You're on, you're on the wrong OS. I think it's time to depreciate stuff for Vista. I, Upgrade I to Windows 7. I hear it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or I wonder if Vista users were also getting the uh, GWX stuff. Uh, the Get Windows. Probably. They're probably. Yeah. It's probably harassing the crap out of them, too. Yeah. It came in on a security roll-up. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Because if you're still on Vista, you're probably playing with fire anyway. Um, so Wickle drivers, and then what was it? Overwatch, I think. Yep. They added because there's not been very many new games in the past three weeks. Yeah, they kind of want to update drivers for. They rapid fired a couple there. There was one for Doom. Yeah. Uh, and then it was like not even a week, I think, and then this one came out. Um. So that's cool. I'm not playing Overwatch, but I am playing the crap out of some Doom. Yeah, I need to get that. It's uh, hey. it's fun. By the way, that case I looked it up. It is on Newegg for pre-order. The three hundred three is eighty nine ninety nine. What eighty nine ninety nine for an in-win case with a tempered glass side? That's pretty that's cool. Pretty good. That, that's yeah, because it's a tempered glass version. They have they don't have the solid side panel. And version. that's a that's a full case. It's like yeah. a full tower case. Full, uh, Sorry, it's, well, it's a mid tower. Mid, it's a mid tower. Sorry, I'm so used it to is, all this it, micro. It supports ATX. It does not support EATX. Yeah, support, but it supports like you know, ATX is like big nowadays. Ooh. And it is it is you know nice. What I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't mean big like popular. I mean like compared to all the smaller well, stuff coming out. Yeah. You know. Size matters not. So there were Nvidia drivers and there also were AMD drivers. Uh Crimson sixteen five three came out also for Overwatch. And I don't know if this and one was Warhammer. also for Oh for and, Warhammer. And Dota two. Oh Dota two with Vulcan, Vulcan oh, API. That, is that patch out yet? 
I, I guess. Is that a new character in that game? <laughs> well, yes. the, well, the Vulcan patch for Doom is not out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they worked with uh, the guys at Star Trek Online to come up with the Vulcan <laughs> API character. For, for the <laughs> no, no, it's a mod on top of Star Trek Online, just like Dota was originally a mod on top of Warcraft. It's a crossover. Uh, a good question in the chat. Why would Dota 2 need Vulcan? Well, yeah, <laughs> that is I a good question. To ask that, no, uh, it, it's what it, it's. It's is not, it taxing? Well, no, but Dota 2 is one of the most popular games that exists, so if you can run on even lower-end hardware... Oh, I guess. Then. Or, if it's not, is Vulkan supported by Linux, officially? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. So you could but, run Dota on, like, a free Linux distro. But you already could. Oh, you yeah. could? Oh, then it's already 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 it's on SteamOS. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, they're... Then it's like, OpenGL. The, the, Listen, people want to play Dota 2 on their original EPC... <laughs> okay, so with Vulcan, they could do that. We, uh, I think it was two GDCs ago. Ryan took a little shaky cam video of the of they did a preview of Dota Two running on Vulcan. Yeah. I think it was Dota Two. <laughs> it's like How one many of views? Our, It's extremely popular. It's got hundreds oh. of thousands of oh, views. Oh, really? Okay. I wonder what regions that is the most popular in. I don't know. So, and you said that was a couple of GDCs ago? I think it was two years ago. <laughs> and it's finally a thing now. Well, I mean, you know, Vulcan's just like... Oh, I know. It's there. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it wasn't GDC. I don't know. It was a while ago. Uh, let's see. Uh, MSI Computex, a peak before the show. Sebastian didn't write this. No. It has peak in the title. But how is it spelled? P-I-Q-U-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Jeremy, take it away. It's all you. Yeah, and there there is actually quite a bit that they teased. Yeah, uh, and they, of course, as per the pre Computex tease, they give you almost no information whatsoever. But I, I'm sure that if Ryan actually does go to the show as opposed to blowing it all on casinos, we'll hear more <laughs> about them. But uh, they've offered a trio of gaming laptops. You got a, a new Stealth Pro, which is a GS sixty three, which uh, as you'd expect is a sixty seven hundred HQ in it, and a nine seventy mobile. Okay. Well, we'll see. It's also got a new Cooler Boost Trinity cooling system, which apparently involves five heat point heat, heat pipes and a hell of a lot of PR. Don't forget <laughs> the Whirlwind Blades. Yes. They're tied in, but separate to the it's, Cooler it's Boost like, Trinity. It's like those vibrant luminosity LEDs. Is the Cooler Boost Trinity the thing we're going to celebrate with the new church? Yes. Cooler oh, Boost I like Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> We should probably put Trinity in the name. We still need a name. We need a good name. CRT. Trinity. There you go. Uh, just Trinity? No, I think that might be taken well, by actual churches. Just the word Trinity, nothing else. Just the religion is called Trinity? That's it? Yeah. Okay. I think that what was in the movie. Quaternary. Quaternary. <laughs> uh, go, go, Google, G-O-O-G-O-L. Yeah, we'll definitely get sued for that one. No, it's that's a hundred. I know they probably oh, to the hundredth. They probably own that now, though. They they, they, they can't own that. <laughs> oh. They own the whole alphabet. Oh, they could. Oh well, yeah, they probably. Yeah, they do own alphabet, as well. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what else? Uh, what uh else they got could? a very oddly named Titan SLI laptop, which does have SLI but does not have Titans. <laughs> it does not have Titans. <laughs> you, you can either get the desktop version 980s or a slightly cheaper 980M. Uh, dual version, which also supports, if you don't like the 980M, a single desktop GTX 980. So, interesting choices. So de- The GS973 is the skinny boy. A pair of desktop class 980s in a laptop. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So, it's a very light laptop. Thing. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. I would not and, want to be made. the battery power is just great on it. What? This guy Sebastian? is a tiny little one. I said I would not want to be a manufacturer coming out with new stuff that's you know been in the works for a while at Computex after the next GPU has already been announced yeah, and yeah, will soon be true. shipping. Yeah, what's this? People are going to look 90s. at the gaming laptops and say, "Well, <laughs> well, what kind of performance could I get from like the mobile 1080 or 1070?" Yeah, it's going to be better than that be before we actually see that. True, huh. but I would I would personally hold off if I was buying a gaming laptop. Oh, well, you right wouldn't now. buy a gaming laptop because. You know. Oh, and then if you want to look like uh, something out of Half-Life, I guess. Um, yeah, this is a back proton pack. PC. Yeah, it's basically a proton pack. Yep. Look at that thing. It's weird. 
it's got a Core i7 and a 980 in it. I guarantee you there's no battery pack in it because the marine battery would be a little bit heavy. Yep. And still only last you a couple of minutes. But it's for VR. So all of your cords, uh. instead of going to a set <laughs> desktop, will be going over your shoulders or under your arms. Wait a minute. They want you to wear this while you're doing I would I, Listen, listen. I, I, I when hate. you said this, when you first said this, I was like, oh, you can take this to a LAN party very easily. No. It's just the backpack PC. Right? No. They expect you to wear. First of all, land party. Uh, Second, no. What? I mean, the land party, right? Like that would that would be a thing. Alan, what year is it? No, like I could listen. Alan's wearing a QuakeCon t-shirt. I'm talking about like like QuakeCon. You see those poor bastards in the line to get into the BYOC and everything, and they got their computers on like a cart that they're rolling around, and Maury's breaking heat sinks. CPU dies and stuff, and, and everything. Yeah, but you're not going to buy a backpack PC for once a it's, year. It's mass hysteria. Think of how cool of a cat you would be just standing in the line with your computer, just like next to the dogs, right, right there. Together. Like, yeah, mass hysteria. Um, so yeah, and so now you'll be flailing around, and the next thing you know, the mains power pops out, and everything goes. Yeah, black. I mean, it, you would you just uh, go into a coma. Like VR, yeah, I. I VR is kind of hazardous enough. I don't need a computer on my back while I'm messing around. In you there. don't want a giant heat source on your back as you flail, ra- flail around in VR. Yeah. Now, maybe if it was a jetpack. Oh, might no, be a but a nice hot, and you do an off-balanced fan, so you're getting a massage while you're doing it. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. No, I, I, I don't know. It's bizarre, but hey, someone's going to try it sooner or later, and yeah, MSI got there first. <sighs> maybe it's just Apart from that. Maybe it's just a laptop. Essentially, it's probably just a laptop. Essentially, yeah, right? but it's a back top. Like they just seal a laptop into that backpack and call it a day. Yep. Forget the screen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then uh, what's this last? Uh, Aegis oh, no. gaming desktop. Yeah, it's it's just a, a, about a no, it's a nineteen point six liter case with a funky look to it that is a bit reminiscent that, of say Nvidia's cards, but it does look it does look cool. pretty normal. Looks like Optimus Prime's head. But compared to the one above it and the one below it, it's pretty normal. Because uh, the Vortex oh, there's, there's totally more? does not look like a certain... No, it's the little PR that they didn't actually give us a good picture of it, which is kind of suspicious. Huh. But the G65 SLI is the old trash can PC. Yep. Perfectly round, six and a half liters, but still has two uh, desktop 980s in it. And again, the Silent Storm cooling system, which they'll be introducing. Silent... With those whirlwind but blades. Deadly. Well, if you stick them in the vortex, you know it. And then they released uh, some. They got a small form factor, which uh, has a mini STX motherboard. Hmm. So if you haven't heard of that, you're not alone, but it's a five by five inch board. Wait a minute. Where is that? Five by five. Square up there. Oh, it's. Okay. No. So that motherboard is in there. Got it. What? Yeah, she's a tiny little thing. Five by five. And inch. one nice thing is that the Skylake S in there is not BGA, so you can't upgrade it. Yeah, if you can ever find a Skylake S processor. Yeah, or if you can get in there and actually install it. And we've also got a trio of motherboards, two X99As, uh, one that is obviously very colorful, and the other is the Titanium series, which is extremely overclockable. And rounding it out is a Z170, which is essentially the same as the X99, just for those of you with that type of processor. Sweet. So a whole bunch of stuff that Ryan may or may not get pictures of. Yep. Ryan's not going to Computex. Oh, no, he's not. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> what a waste of a trip to go all the way. Uh, I know, he's going to miss it on the backpack. Point, but, uh, though, if he's already going to be gone for like 10 days or whatever, <laughs> that would just be miserable. Yep. Uh, next, AMD socket AM4 compatible with existing AM2, AM3 cores. Well, that's good. So if you have a snazzy cooler for your uh, AM3... Like a race. Yeah. yeah, they haven't confirmed. Well, I mean, they, like, they don't want to change their infrastructure because one, they don't have a huge amount of market share anymore on a desktop, and two, how many of the cooler companies are going to look at that market share and say, mm, "Do I really want to redesign this mounting mechanism?" Yeah, I don't think they had much of a choice. No. Is it just that it's probably going to be like the same packaging, basically, as an AM3 Plus? Because like, the yeah, CPU I mean, itself would be physically that much different. Or FM3 or what? FM3 Plus? Is that the latest? I can't remember. Well, even if, even if even if like the heat spreader was a different size, like doesn't matter. No, I mean now yeah. everything's going to be the same. You know, Z height. 
Yeah. And uh, you're going to have the same amount of space around the socket. And it's not it's not a huge problem. Intel could have done that with pretty much a lot of theirs, except, you know, like the 2011. But I, I mean, Intel they, has done that. Like, they yeah. haven't changed the cooler mount since 1155, 1151, yeah. 1150. It's yeah, like, all the same. it's, a, yeah. You just keep the same hole spacing and, you know. Yeah. Yep. Bada bing. So, uh, okay. It, I, like I mean, I put this on here. I think we all expected this, but it's nice to get some confirmation from a third party. Yeah, the company didn't uh, confirm. AMD didn't. It was actually Thermalright, yeah. and it was like a Facebook post. Somebody asked the question, and Thermalright said, "Yes, we have confirmation from AMD. It'll be the same socket. All of the coolers will work. They will not require an adapter or anything. So it's going to be the same." Cool. Yeah, and the best, but isn't the AM4 going to be something like? 1,300 pins or insane amount. Is it? Hmm. It's going to be up there. I mean, Those it, are going to be very, more very than the 941 that they are currently. Um, and it's not even LGA. It's still going to be pins. Hmm. Or pins, more pleasure. Here. Let me I, Google. I didn't, even know that was, you. I didn't even know that was still a thing anymore. AM4. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All AMD processors are still pins. Well, you know, they're they're doing this. Thirteen thirty one. They're doing this for so you, it's almost lead. They're doing this for you, Sebastian, so that they can uh you they know can you can hear those pins bend. CPU <laughs> pins were the biggest roadblock to me getting into building PCs years ago. I was terrified of bending them. When I'd see someone else hold one, I'm like, What are you are you holding that in your hand? And then I finally did get one and drop it and bend the pens. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's when you get the uh, the old Bic ballpoint pen cap. Yep, stick it in there. I think I was using like a toothpick or something, or I don't know. Yeah. It was you know a sharp I was knife scalpel profusely. Yeah, and and then we went from so afraid of bending the pens to um, what was it? The, them. I don't remember which version of the Xeon. I had like a couple of Xeons, and to overclock them to like four thirty three or whatever, you had to do the little take a thread out of a. Oh, no. Out of a network cable and make a little U out of it and stick it in the right yep. place on the socket. And the socket had such tight tolerances that you basically had to like jam the Xeon in there. It, it wasn't the zero insert force at that point. No, it wasn't. It was, and you can just hear like the two little copper just like, like as you were just like yeah. trying to put that in there. It I, did work though. It yeah. was a good overclock. I, 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 I figured out the right sockets. I, yeah. I put a piece of electrical tape over one of the pads on my Q6600 to unlock the, unlock the front side bus. Sweet. Yeah. It worked really well. Yeah. <laughs> you just got to make sure you got the right pin. Yeah. But other than that. <sighs> and one of those boards Maury sent us, uh, like one of the one of the pins on, one of the, on the socket, like a newer Intel socket, um, I think like his jacket or just something got caught and it like it just like bent one pin. Yeah. This was months ago. And then Ryan tried to put a CPU in it, and, like, one of the RAM slots didn't work. And we're like, <laughs> wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. Why is it doing that? And I pulled the CPU out. Sure enough, like, there were, one pin was bent and, like, touching another pin. And then trying to straighten it out, it, I broke it. And I was like, ooh. And it turns out the pin that it was hitting was the RAM communication. <laughs> and it was just one of the, like, 100 ground pins <laughs> that broke off. So I was like, oh, okay, good. Fine. And anyway. there are dummy pins as well. Yeah. Uh, there are dummy pins. Yep. Of course, I would be not that lucky. Yeah. Um, it's not like you can find a pin out or anything. It was actually hard to find that pin out. Oh, yeah. No, like, I, I can't imagine that's very publicized. Yeah. Okay. Uh, where are we at? Are we done with all the news? Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of small oh, I know, yeah. things. Oh, we're, uh, oh, yeah. You added that. Um, yes. Uh, you know, I... I Saw a couple of interesting things. Uh, Global Foundries talked about their 22 nanometer FDSOI uh, process. I didn't realize it's not quite ready to go. Uh, it's going to be probably this fall uh, of this year when they, they go into risk production. Um, but I think that the one thing that really struck me is they, they did talk about how this is you know pretty good for analog and RF type applications. And they're really pushing it for IoT stuff. So if if you design it right and then you implement the back bias effectively, you're going to have really really low idle power consumption as compared to even you know 14 nanometer uh, uh, FinFET. So that's coming this fall. Well, that's good. And the thing that really was kind of interesting to me was the final 
um, paragraph that we had talked about this before, but now we kind of have some actual numbers. And they said the labeling of nodes with a minimum dimension is largely moot in the modern era. Upcoming 10 nanometer and 7 nanometer nodes from TSMC will have minimum feature sizes of about 20 nanometers and 14 nanometers respectively and will be produced on a 32 nanometer or 36 nanometer pitch. So, yeah, it's like an equivalent. We've been talking about how these numbers are now marketing yep. and these guys actually have some pretty good numbers that that back that up. So it's uh it's it's interesting to see. I'm I'm curious where you know, Intel kind of fits into this. I mean, obviously, they're smaller than TSMC and and Global Foundry, Samsung, but how much? And I mean, they're they're just we're hitting some really interesting physical limitations on size uh, that electrically is 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 making life kind of miserable for a lot of these folks. Yeah, it's all it's all kind of an equivalent nanometer thing now, right? Because of the layering, and sorta, not yeah, sorta yeah. like. Marketing, yeah, it's kind of a marketing thing too. Yeah, but it's an interesting article. Probably should have uh, written a little bit something up, but I mean, it's a short one. And then they talked about uh, you know how the process was developed by IBM and ST uh, Micro uh, kind of championed it, and they they had twenty eight nanometer stuff. Except that their fab was like a five thousand wafer starts a month fab, and you're not gonna ship anything in volume with only 5,000 wafer stars a month. I mean, that's that's pretty low as compared to, you know, uh, Global Foundries, uh, like their Fab 8 is, I think it's at 35,000 wafer stars a month. Uh, it could be higher. Uh, but um, they they licensed that out to SD Micro. They showed it off ages ago when 28 nanometers was still a cutting-edge process. Nothing was really done with it. People weren't interested in FDSOI. They thought 20 nanometer planer was was going to be good enough. And why did you want to invest in in FDSOI? And uh, yeah, it, it turned out that maybe we would have had a little bit better scaling in between then and the 14 and 16 nanometer FinFed products that we have now. But you know, hindsight being 2020, uh, another thing interesting that they said is that they are going forward with more advanced FDSOI products in the future. So we're going to go below that uh, 22 FDX. Don't know where, don't know how far, but it's it's certainly uh, a possibility and, and something that they're aiming for, which is kind of cool. Cool. Yeah. And then uh, you also got a picture. I do. Uh, you know, talking about 28 nanometer FDSOI, this is the IMX8 uh, ARM-based processor. Uh, what's kind of interesting about it is it is 28 nanometer. It's going into cars. Uh, I don't know if this is just a test structure or something that is actually going to be put in there, but I thought it was really interesting in that they've got the memory on the substrate as well. And instead of you know being like uh, like cell phones, which have the memory oftentimes put in a, a 3D um, deal with, with the chips where you've got the substrate that attached to the cell phone and then the, uh, the die for the, uh, the SOC. And then on top of that is, is you know, a, a chip of memory. Obviously, with cars, you're not dealing with, with uh, space limitations. So uh, they put, you know, two good chunks of uh, RAM on the uh, substrate. But, yeah, people are actually utilizing and, and building 28 nanometer FDSOI parts at least for automotive cool alright well I think that now does it for the news yes uh, hardware software picks of the week Ryan whoa it's playing like it was off course for a while there huh interesting he's almost about ready to hit some weather Wonder if there's any snakes on his plane. Uh, probably a lot. Probably. Yeah. Okay. No tarantulas. Tarantulas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's dancing. Yes. yes. He's dancing. Well, that's tarantulas. Ah. Okay. Uh, I see. I see. Not um, that he's not necessarily dancing. Uh. Okay. So that's Ryan's pick. Uh. Let's see. Who's next? You know uh, the bad oh, yeah. thing is, what? is unless you go supersonic. Yeah. 
the 747 is still the fastest commercial airliner that's flying. They go some 50 to 60 knots faster on average than other aircraft like 737 or the 767 or the 777 or any of the Airbus aircraft. Uh, it actually hits a higher Mach number. It's like 0.88 instead of 0.86 for the vast majority of, of aircraft out there. So <clears throat> even if you went on a 787, let's look at the speed graph. He would be flying about 20 knots slower. His speed is, uh, yep. 450 well, knots. Around 450 or 500 knots. Yeah, well, or so. unfortunately, where he's at, 450 knots is about the best you get. That's, that's over ground, I think. Because he's got a oh, he's over headwind. Yeah. The trade do. winds, when you go... The direction he's going... Go northerly. Yep. The direction he's going, the wind is against west. him. I think. So on the way back, he'll he'll be a little faster. Uh, it's really about the same yep. on the way back when you fly that way. Really? Yeah, when I flew to Beijing and back last year, it was actually to Detroit. So it was that same sort oh. of flight path. And it was about the so same. How was flying over the North Pole? Uh, it it was quite pleasant. It's that's the first time I'd gone that way. When I went to Taipei, we went from L.A., so it was across the Pacific. It, yeah, I mean, it was a pretty good flight. Yeah, yeah. Did you see any polar bears? No. Did you wave to Santa? Oh, well, duh. How was the ice extent looking from your altitude? <laughs> There's supposed to be ice. Yeah, <laughs> it was all gone. Yeah. Mm. There wasn't any left. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jeremy, what you got? We did it. You we did made it? space great again. Oh, God. I, that was the hashtag for the uh, entire <laughs> campaign. <laughs> I haven't seen this yet. Played this video. Oh, play oh, it. Oh, dear. These freaking nuts have done it again, and they just keep getting better. Uh, oh, I'm so excited. Well, yeah. So wait a minute. That's the desert. That's not space. Well, you have. We got to start somewhere. You got to start in a desert to get to space. Uh, is that how that works? Did you ever watch two thousand one? They start yeah. in a desert. Well, there's no, there's no apes <laughs> dancing. Or, wait a minute, he's got a helmet on. Oh, it said, "Was he a pod racer? Where'd he he's go? Everything. Oh my goodness, they like took it serious. He went to space. This just <laughs> crowd kicker. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh. Oh, man, this is funny. And the best thing is the voiceover is Schwarzenegger, or at least a very good impersonator. Of course. Well, we don't have volume on this, unfortunately. Certainly not. We'd probably get sued anyway. Oh, the space actually looked pretty good. <laughs> huh. Wait a minute. Oh, jeez. Oh, what yeah. the heck is going on in this video? Oh. There's so much crazy <laughs> crap going on all at the same time. Like, they're being chased by a... Um, what the heck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, this is great. The seven-bladed lightsaber. Yes. What on oh, earth? Yeah. Take that, Mass Effect. What the? That this guy's got sick. a Star Trek. Bonky. Is he a red shirt? No. Nope. That looked like he was a Bronco. He was supposed to be in a red shirt if they were going to do that to him. Oh, not in the next generation. Oh, my God, man. What on earth? It's just another free update. Oh, no, it's not on Earth. And it gets worse. It gets worse? Uh, oh, great. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, May Tomorrow. 16th. Is this, a, is this oh, another 20, free update? 26th uh, of May. They'll probably charge five bucks for it like they did for the Payday and the Goat Z. But five bucks, uh, and it will be silliness. Uh, it will make you laugh. It will make you, you cry. Who would have thought that Goat Simulator would be the gift that keeps on giving? It it, it really is. And to By think the way, this for was our just audio a bloody physics demo that they put on the internet and say, hey, look, this is our physics demo. And everyone's like, here's money. Make more. Make more. Uh, Josh? Or is it Al next? Josh. It's Josh. Me? What did I do again? Uh, you made a pick. God only knows. All right. Uh, you know, I... I, I you need a new, uh, whatchamacallit, receiver. receiver. This is last year's model, but now they finally discounted the price to three seventy nine. Hmm. Gives you the Dolby Atmos and uh, DTS-X. Whenever it's updated, you can do a firmware update to your receiver, which makes me kind of excited. I like doing firmware updates to things. 
seems dangerous, but you know, uh, Denon makes good stuff. Solid. Got lots of, uh, features to it. Networking, wireless, uh, 4k pass through. And, uh, yeah, if you're in the mood for something like this, it's a nice price for a pretty nice product. Yeah. 379 for an Atmos enabled receiver is really good. Cool. All right. Who's next? Me? Yeah, you. Oh, crap. I closed the tab. Whoops. Crap. Uh, so I was playing this game called The Sequence. You guys heard of this? Nope. No. It's like a really interesting and cool puzzle game. The idea is real simple. You're just supposed to get like one dot to another place. There's like a source and a destination. And you have like different tools i guess that you kind of add to the grid there and is this just pipe dream it's kind of pipe dream but it's kind of way crazier than that because there's a bunch of different kinds of modules and the puzzles get really crazy like really fast and there's a bunch of extra things they add in there that like you know things can't run into certain other things and so like the rules kind of get to you after a while because if you look at that that's pretty busy going on right there that puzzle Anyway, looks like um, a hacking mini game. Uh, kinda, yeah. It's definitely one of those games where you have to like. It's almost like you get to the next puzzle and you just kind of like look at it for like three minutes straight <laughs> before you even put anything anywhere because you're like, oh crap, wait, how do I do this? Okay, so really, one of those games that definitely makes you think, which I like, and is two dollar. Two dollar make you holla. Two dollar for a. Uh, Nice, simple puzzle game. Uh, it's also on iOS and I think Android. Huh. Yeah, that'd be a good mobile game. Yeah, it is. Um, I got. It. I ended up getting it on both. Uh, next. Sebastian. Hold on. I picked... Uh, there's a game called Val- Valkyria Chronicles, which came out a few years ago, but they just released a remastered version for PC and... It's ported over to the PS4. And this is actually, I have only played a few minutes of it so far. I've gotten through like the first three little chapters. First of all, it looks really cool. It uses what they call their canvas engine. So everything looks like um, hand-drawn. And that's how the game actually looks. Oh, but it's animated hand-drawn. Yeah, it's, it's hand-drawn yeah. animated. Those are actually like gameplay footage. It's not like cutscenes or anything. Yeah. So the whole game looks like this. But what's really interesting is... Even though it has an interesting story and everything, the combat itself, as soon as I saw the main turn screen, because it's turn-based, it looks like Risk. Because you're looking top-down mm-hmm. at a map. You have little circles representing your guys, and they have little circles representing their guys. And so like the very first battle of the game is kind of a, a teaching battle, and you have it's three-on-three. Three. So you pick you know, one guy, and as soon as you pick a guy to move, it actually switches to first-person, kind of over-the-shoulder third-person view, so you're running around, you take cover, then it's your turn. So you get to like decide what to do, throw a bomb, shoot, whatever. And when your combat is over, then they get their turn. So it's it's literally like the dice rolling in risk, and whoever had the best position, whoever got the most shots in, wins the little one-on-one battle, and then you move on. So add all of you know that to what's a pretty big, you know, Japanese RPG type story with very high quality animation that's like you're watching an anime. It's a really interesting idea. Like Sega came out of nowhere with this thing a few years ago and it is very, it's not really like anything else I've ever played. It's very cool. It's worth the 20 bucks for sure. Like it's for PS3 and Steam, it's $20 and for PS4, it's 30 That's full price. And this goes on sale. It was on sale a couple weeks ago for half off on Steam, I think. So, Cool. And it's been out we'll for... It's been out for like a couple of years. Yeah. yeah. The remastered version is what's new. Yeah. Like, it just came out on PS4, like, in May. But cool. it's been on Steam for a little while. The PS4 version is basically a Steam, like, the PC port so it's higher resolution. The original game played in 720. This is full 1080. Cool. And these are the same guys that uh, did War Machine Tactics. So oh, it are was, they? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, the, the developers behind it. So they've taken a tabletop game and turned it into a, an actual video game. So they've got some experience with the combat systems. 
I don't think it's going to disappoint you. Yeah, I know it's on my wish list. I haven't picked it up because I've heard there's a sale coming up soon. Ah, okay. Good hmm. to know. Hmm. Cool. Uh, and uh, that's it for the picks. All right. Uh, again, pizzaproof.com slash podcast. If you uh, wanted to check on something that we talked about, we got the show notes up there, or we will have them up there. Um, Twitter.com slash Ryan Trout. If you want to talk to him while he's uh, not going to get your tweets, maybe in some other country that might block them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, so he may or may not have uh, internet that's worth a crap um, as far as actually getting to anything uh, United States bound. Uh, Twitter.com slash PCPer. And uh, anything else before we go, guys? Nothing here. No. Nope. No. Thanks for watching. Thanks for putting up with us. Yeah. Sorry. We don't have uh we don't have Ryan's awesome energy, which is right now probably he's probably sleeping on a plane or something. Yeah. So he has no energy either. Yeah, he hasn't been yelling at us, so he's probably sleeping. That's true. Yeah. He's or, got a comfortable seat. Or Asshole. he has no internet. He's the one percent. Nah, he should have internet until he gets over China. Yeah. If he's the one percent, wouldn't he always have internet? Hmm. Yeah, but he's not the Chinese one percent. Oh, okay. They're a different know. breed. They just barely skirt around North Korea. Pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have to. Yes, they'll shoot they you might down. Throw things at you. <laughs> All right. Well, I uh, guess I'll wrap it up then before it gets even further off the rails. Uh, yes. All right. I'm Alan Malmontano. I'm Jeremy Helstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Sebastian Teak. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. If you enjoyed this content, consider supporting in-depth technical content by contributing at patreon.com slash pcper.